What's up, everybody? My name is Anasi Tajay. And it's Shaka. We're back in the mix, ready to go. Episode four. <laughs> okay. Thank you for coming back and joining us at the Real Film Podcast. Before we jump off in the episode, we want to remind you, if you have not already, be sure to follow us on our socials at the Real Film Pod on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check us out on Spotify and like our Facebook page. We appreciate you. We thank you. And if you want to see more or if you have something that we haven't spoken about on the podcast, definitely mention it in our comments section or shoot us a message. All right. You ready? Let's do it. All right. So we're going to start off with our most favorable top category. That is the what's hot category. And we got a couple of things that you guys have mentioned and we've seen trending. So we're excited to dive into it. Up first, we're going to be talking about the series Upload. So for those of you who do not know, Upload is an Amazon original series. The premise is a man suffers an untimely death as he chooses his afterlife with the options of being uploaded, his consciousness, or the mysteries beyond. Um, It stars Robbie Amell, who also starred in The Duff, The Tomorrow People, and my childhood favorite featuring Kiki Palmer was True Jackson Fifi. VP on Nickelodeon. This so if you see young, <laughs> we just lost viewership. <laughs> <laughs> if you were some youngins like me and who loved finally seeing some, not finally seeing because they was actually doing pretty well on Nickelodeon, but seeing Kiki Palmer starring in her own league in her own little sitcom you show. Know me, dog. You know him on the show. You're such a hater, bro. I'm just not a fan of Kiki Palmer, bro. We're not talking about them this time. Nah, nah, we, we are. We're look, talking about a film have podcast. The, have you seen In the Gaggies? <laughs> have you seen those videos? I have seen those. <laughs> I've seen those. That was what I couldn't rock with her. And her talk show? I was like, okay. Whatever. Her talk show was, her talk show was pretty good. You know, Other than the fact that she was giving medical advice to people. Who doesn't about- do that on the talk show? I'm not saying they who don't. Who doesn't? Okay, then why you on her for it? I don't hear Wendy doing that. Bye. Next, <laughs> moving on. And the show is a back to the show upload. <laughs> it is a rough prediction of what an advanced society would be like. So, what are your thoughts on this show, Shaka? Uh, I like it, bro. I think, well, first, I want to definitely shout out Greg Daniels. He created, directed, all that crap. Uh, yeah, and to, what is it, Andy Allo? She's the... Uh, the lead actress. She's also a singer, bro. I've seen, like, she's, like, a singer first, actress second, I think. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's dope. I might show some of this video. We'll see. Uh, but, no, <laughs> I like the show. I like the show. I think it's one of those things where at first, I was worried about it being kind of corny. But mm-hmm. as, like, it started to kind of, like, settle in, I mm-hmm. think I got hooked. So, like, episode three, I would say, is around the point when it was, like, alright. It became easy to get into it. Are we doing we're doing spoilers, right? Yes, if those of you don't know, we always do spoilers on this channel. So if you do not want to hear spoilers about this show, look in the comments sections or the tags or infos and skip to the next section. Okay, because right, I say because it was around the time that we started, it's not that big of a spoiler, but it was around the time that we started to see like the plot about how he was murdered. Mm-hmm. It's like episode three was when like the aunt I think started really snooping around, and like mm-hmm. we started. Was seeing... she was she the aunt? I think she was a cousin. 
Her cousin, yeah. So we started seeing her like find like the footage of the car accident and all that kind of stuff. And then on episode five is when <laughs> major spoiler was she died. So that's when it really, I think, carried that momentum for the next four or five episodes. So Yeah. Honestly, like for me, I also when I saw the previews for the show, I thought it was also gonna be corny as well. And I was like, Man, I don't really know if I wanna really watch this. Um, also him as an actor like he plays in a kind of like gimmicky I wouldn't say gimmicky but it's almost gimmicky stuff but he also does play in like some really like pretty good stuff like I remember the Tomorrow People I was disappointed with that was canceled but that was a pretty good show too um but then I watched it I watched the first episode and I was like dang this is dang then I'm like episode two I'm like okay episode three Honestly, when you get to, like, episode two, that's when you're, like, immediately hooked into the show. Because you just want to know more about the character. And then you also, before then, see little sneaks about the character, about, you know, there being a larger plot at hand that, hey, maybe this wasn't an accident and he was actually murdered. Because even before the cousin steps in and says that she's investigating his accident, we're seeing on, you know, the computer screens that his memory files are being deleted or they're corrupted or even the person who he would consider his <coughs> angel, bless you, his angel notices there's something off about his consciousness files. So I think the show is pretty interesting and I think it was really it was good in the idea that it plays off the whole comedy romance type of vibe, but it also plays on like mystery and, you know, the thriller aspect of like, there's a something to be solved and who's going to be able to solve it within this frame of time, which I really enjoy with shows. If you have the ability to do that with the show, I'm automatically intrigued. And they did that with this one. And I think that's one reason why I was able to finish the whole series in one night. Like when I finished it, yeah, I was like, I did it in one night, <laughs> one night. I was like, are you serious? Is this, is this it? Is, is this how it ends? I was actually really mad that it ended with a cliffhanger, but it was good enough to where I'm like, okay, I can come back to this, you know, if they have a new season, I look forward to the new season. But yes, I was one of the people who finished it in one night and I had hesitations and reservations about even watching it to begin with. So but we can so, definitely get to Cliffhanger in a second. But I do want to mention uh, the technology, bro. I thought like the technology yes. is a big part of this show. And so yes. at first I was nervous because it kind of felt like they're using all of the technology for the sake of using it, just kind of like showing mm-hmm. off, like, yo, mm-hmm. this would be dope, we can do this, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Some examples mm-hmm. of that would be like, uh, the consent, like condoms or whatever. I consent, <laughs> they put it on the chest, it was like a <laughs> webcam yeah. on the chest. So it was at that point, cause I've been seeing like some stuff, like, oh, that's interesting, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But that was like the first time I like was taken out of the story. I just started thinking mm-hmm. like, yo, this is kind of weird. Cause I think that mm-hmm. was the first time we saw an invention that had such such obvious plot holes or mm-hmm. flaws. Like, mm-hmm. would you want your intimate moments being recorded by the government? So mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like, yeah, that was. But then I, I think for, I'll agree, sir. I said I think for me, what was kind of weird was like, uh, or it was kind of like not weird, but it was interesting. Was the self driving cars. Mm-hmm. And then when the drivers had the ability to like take over, it was like a video game controller. I was kind of like, 
interesting that they would use that as a way to be able to like self-drive cars like for a person to be able to drive the cars it, it drew my attention but it instantly was kind of like what's the point it's just is this just to be fun and to make fun of this or is it just does it so have like, some overall techie type of thing i think it was just supposed to be fun i don't like, think looking supposed to be able to do it i think that i think it's i don't want to say this but i got a feeling it's almost against the rules i don't want to say illegal but it's just let the car drive itself so I think that even if you do drive it, I'm pretty sure the other cars had steering wheels in them. They just weren't in use. I think he, mm-hmm. as a coder, knows how to like plug his controller in. Because when he got in trouble for that. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I just assumed he got in trouble just for speeding, not necessarily for the fact that he was a coder and he was able to drive his controller. Car. A game controller. Maybe it wasn't speeding, but I'm pretty sure that it was the controller the was just him. The controller's just him though, because I don't think anybody else yeah. is like playing with the life of the PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say though, like I think as it progressed though, I think a lot of the inventions or like the technology started to like really like make more sense, I guess. Like it was more like for the plot and less for just showing off. So like mm-hmm. the sex suits was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially because they show how they're nasty, like their rental suits, like things like mm-hmm. that. Like, they're bringing up problems that you would think of. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. Uh, what else? Like the nightly app, like the evolution of Tinder. Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> that was interesting. Uh, it's kind of like that Black Mirror episode. But, uh, one more, though, I guess, would be like um, the first downloaded human. So I think this kind of pushes towards more of like, the moral aspect reincarnation like the whole idea of reincarnation yeah uh i think it was interesting that the dude's head exploded because <laughs> he was so excited and we knew yeah. that was gonna backfire but yeah how do you yeah. feel about the whole, the whole afterlife honestly when i watched the show it honestly made me very impressed like i it's like one of those, what's the show with the horse on Netflix? Bojack Horseman. Mm. It's one of those shows where it's like, man, it's deep. It's like really good. It's really deep. But as you're watching it, you realize this is depressing. Because all you could think about if you were his, if you were him in that situation, how would it feel to like be young, healthy, on like the cusp of something great and then die? And then all of a sudden, that whole sense of connection. So, like, what I got from this was connection and power. The ability for his girlfriend to be able to, at any moment, she could delete his consciousness because she was financially in control of his consciousness consciousness and where it would end up. That was what I got. And then the whole um, connection thing, him feeling a loss of connection, gaining a sense of connection with this angel, that was one thing. So it's just kind of like, for me, if we go, if we and progress into a time period in society where we have the option of uploading our consciousness to servers or just dying, I'm sorry, I'm just gonna go ahead and take the wheel, Lord, you know, because I can't, I can't, because that just for me just seemed very like lonely, like that scale of things was very lonely. Because one thing I really also noticed and liked about it was showing the class differences mm-hmm. so if you were part of the lower class 
you more than likely could not afford the uh, opportunity of uploading your consciousness for afterlife. If you were of the upper class, you had all these different, you know, perks and benefits in your afterlife. So that's what I really like. The fact that they broke, they had it like the upper class or the upper middle class had the unlimited, you know, data to where they can be in their afterlife, just living freely, having fun. Well, you got the lower class people who could barely survive off of just two gigabytes of their consciousness. So that, I thought that was crazy. And it's just like, man, like, I can't imagine myself, my mind being uploaded to a server and the possibility of like my family can't join me or my friends can't join me because they can't afford unlimited unlimited data like that's crazy like that was that was crazy i really enjoyed the fact that they was including some of the smaller things we wouldn't even think would factor into uploading your conscious consciousness like the in-app purchases Mm -hmm. so being able to buy like snacks or in-app um upgrading or boosting yourself to be able to you know go to different places in the afterlife advertisement like constantly being berated because you are in a coded system so of course you're gonna get some form of internet advertising i thought that was in-app crazy. purchases <laughs> the in-app purchases i was like wow that's crazy you know? it's also crazy too to see like how this is like one company at what's it called lakeview mm-hmm. how other companies have different it's afterlife services. horizon or horizon. horizon and so it's crazy to see him like like leave the premises when he went to like the black market Mm-hmm. You could like buy all kinds of crazy things on the internet, and he had like stuff like, like illegal, like, like internet stuff that you would think of. Yeah, like the memories of past celebrities, yeah. uh, all that stuff. That was pretty crazy. The ability to like evolve, have a growth sport spurt. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. It was it was a number of things that were very interesting, but I think overall, I personally just wouldn't be able to do something uh-huh. like that because like the afterlife sim. <laughs> so that's why i really like that norm norna norma's nora. nora's because he called her nora because mm, she was mm, i remember that <laughs> nora's remember nora's dad was pretty much like i couldn't yeah. do this he was i liked that he had that perspective of i can't do this i could never do this like i need something different and the idea that there are still people out there that have a sense of there's something beyond just this you know yeah the religious view aspect of it was interesting too mm-hmm. you see when buddy freaked out his first day in there the dad he went to oh, like yeah, test yeah. it i was like yo he's- yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and then it finally seems like it's going well and then it was a glitch in the system so it's just kind of like it was a lot to factor in but overall i think this show was pretty I think it was pretty good in like showing us, you know, the perks and negatives of something like this. You know, the benefit is the continue the ability to continuously live on. The negative was only those with privileges could probably access something like this. So people with wealth or status could be able to attain this type of afterlife. So I think that was pretty interesting. Um, if you had, that's all my opinions on it. I literally watched it in one day and was left like, "Where's the other episode?" So if I enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it. I mean, those are my final thoughts on it. Uh, for sure. Before we go, I guess we can talk about this, the ending real quick. Because it does tie into like... No! I don't think we... No. We don't need oh, to spoil about- this show. All right. No. Well, I do want to say... All right. No. Well, no. I'm not going to talk about the ending. But I will say, because we've already kind of teased it, like, it involves the girlfriend, like the real girlfriend, that owns mm-hmm. like 
Because yeah. that's the one I wanted to make to talk about. It's the fact that, like, somebody can own your consciousness, like a significant yeah. other that has money. Yeah, yeah that's why I talked about the whole, when she was, you know, that scene where she was like, I'll delete you right now. And I was like, okay. that mess that would mess me up. So it's you think she's like, like, like a, a bad person? Because there's, like, times they show both sides. I think it. she's genuinely not a bad person i just think she's somebody who doesn't necessarily think for herself or have the confidence to make decisions on her own mm-hmm. i think she's easily manipulated and i think she's easily manipulated by her family in regards to seeking approval and having access so one reason why she has access and privilege is from her family more so her father so i think it's more so that than anything else but I don't want to talk about the cliffhanger because I don't want to spoil it for people because I'm sure there's some people who have not watched it. And I feel like we, we definitely gave enough for them to be like, okay, I'm going to give it a shot. We don't, we don't got to tell the cliffhanger. That is terrible. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. Okay, so we're not doing spoilers. <laughs> we we just did a spoiler. But I just feel like we the cliffhanger, let that be something. Yeah, no, no doubt. No doubt. But we're going to move on to our next um, What's Hot Topic, and that is Betty. Do you want to take the lead on that, or shall I do the honors? I feel like you should, because you're the one tweeting. Somebody should teach me how to skateboard. <laughs> now I see why you said that. Because <laughs> I went back, I saw, like, in our group message, I think, mm-hmm. uh, for our web series, mm-hmm. where you were posting trailers of this show, like, a month ago. Like, the skateboard. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, the show is called Betty. It's based off the indie film Skate Kitchen that uh, starred Jaden Smith, and it came out in 2018. Um, it is a film, sorry, I'm looking at my notes, y'all. It is a reboot of Crystal Moselis, but it's a reboot of her original film, um, Skate Kitchen, where it focuses on, Betty focuses on a group of diverse women who navigate the predominantly male-oriented world of skateboarding in New York City. New York City. It is an HBO series um some of the topics or general like topics or things that you get throughout the show focus on identity equality and friendship which i really enjoy um one thing i did not know this but i kind of assumed was that the show features no real stars no like actual sets like everything is just kind of on the go um there's only a few professional actors on hand and the main group of women are relatively playing themselves like yeah, so, shout outs to them uh i definitely did a deep dive into like who they were in real life mm-hmm. i watched uh nina moran she's like the the white girl like we see like in the very first like seconds with mm-hmm. her butt out <laughs> like yo what a way yeah. to start <laughs> but, uh, no like so i went and watched her like ted talk and stuff about how she like formed skate kitchen Mm-hmm. Uh, so shout outs to like her, Rochelle Weinberg, Cabrina Adams Moonbay. That's like the black one, the videographer of the group. There's two black. Listen, there's two black girls. What you talking oh, no, no, about? No, no, the darker scene. Right, right. I'm, I'm bugging. But nah, the there's three black girls. Uh, yeah, it is three black girls. Nah, she's <laughs> she be hey, she be out living her best life. I seen her with a Tesla up in the mountains. I'm like, yo, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shout outs to her and then. A Johnny Russell and B.D. Lovelace. One of those goes to, like, CalArts. And the other one's, like, in some other film schools. So they're all doing, like, big things. They all mm-hmm. really skate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was, like, the first thing I noticed was, like, I want to say, like, 15 minutes in, we got into, like, our little first skate montage. Mm-hmm. And it was just dope to see, like, all right. It actually found people who skateboard in real life. And it was kind of interesting. Because like. it's based off, like, their lives, but it's called Betty. And so, 
I guess Betty's more so just like a derogative name for like female skaters or opposers. Yeah. Would it, I've, I guess it is considered a derogatory term. Um, it's like a descriptive term for like, yeah, female, uh, female skaters in New York City. So, but it, like one thing I also want to note is watch Skate Kitchen. With Skate Kitchen, it is literally the same exact, you know, main actresses. Mm-hmm. Star and Betty. The only difference is it focuses more on one protagonist, which is the character Camille, versus all of them, which I enjoy. I enjoy the fact that we're focusing on all of their stories, not just one. There's one in particular that legit, like, <laughs> all right, I don't want to play this game. But there's one, the girl uh, that's like outside of the group, but like it's kind of, she's with the dude skaters. Camille. About? That's Camille. Camille. Okay. Yeah. I think it's interesting that her like skating abilities, I don't know if it is in real life, but she looks like she's a little more advanced. She's other. been skating for like 10 plus years, she said. So I did some deep dive on her too. And she has been skating, I believe for like 10 plus years. Mm-hmm. And just one of those things, if you've been doing it for so long and then you've honestly, uh, you know, created a sense of like identity around being that type of person you know like an influence like a skate influencer then of course you're going to try and hone that skill and I think she is somebody who's really like I've done it since I was a little bit I was little and I see me not doing nothing else but this so do you think that it's going to play into like the whole I feel like some plays the plot though like because she I don't think is committed to being a part of this all girl group as much as the other ones I see her playing both worlds clear. It's yeah. very clear. It's very clear. I feel like I feel like how it's gonna play out is that she is she wants to be a part of this girl group when it advantages advantage when it's an adv- an advantage to her. Mm-hmm. If it's not necessarily an, an advantage to her, I don't see her trying to draw those connections. And I think something major may happen to where it's just kind of like a blow up between her and the girls to where it makes her reevaluate like, hey, maybe I do want to have a connection with these ladies, you know, because they all offer something different. They all in that sense of community that she can have, like, at the end of the day, one thing they noticed in the first mention in the first episode is simply the fact that she she's an outsider, even though she might like hang with the boys, walk like the boys, might even talk with the boys, skate like the boys, better than the boys, she would still be considered an outsider. They would still treat her like such, so. It was definitely interesting. Uh, I think our dope part about the show is the skate montages, or the skate montages. I think mm-hmm. that, like, really pushes the pace. Because a lot mm-hmm. of times you get the feeling that you're kind of, it's like a free-flowing Chill type of yeah. thing. But when they're actually skating, I feel like the intensity picks up. And I feel like mm-hmm. they use that momentum a lot to carry, like, mm-hmm. non-skating, like, the real acting parts. I feel like a lot mm-hmm. of those follow after those montages and just kind of mm-hmm. carries the mm-hmm. weight. So that was so cool. I agree. I agree. Uh, you have anything in particular? Uh, no. Um, I definitely, if you have not watched the show, it's definitely worth it. Um... I have a friend myself. Shout out to Liz. You know, she was pretty much, I've been watching that and we should talk about it. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna watch it too. I remember I saw something on the list about it. So I'm gonna watch it. And yeah, it's definitely, it's, I feel like it's something that anybody could watch. Like the vibe I'm getting right now, anybody can watch. With it being HBO, you probably needed like 
be careful with the younger viewers but like so far it's something that everybody can watch and kind of connect with in a little bit of sense that sense of being left out not feeling equal having talent or being way more talented than other people and then not recognizing it, recognizing it so it's definitely worth it if you don't necessarily know if you're going to jump into the actual show definitely check out skate kitchen hey, before you leave it i thought you about to leave i had two things a uh is they're doing like the whole like other plot outside of skating thing because they're showing like the whole what was it the janae and donald show and the mm-hmm. donald dude has like is being me might too. have <laughs> my he me too don't put the air quotes i think he might have low-key really did it i think that's he what i'm saying on air quotes we don't really know like he's saying yeah. not me too but ugh. yeah he's uh, he's got some suspect activities he's been doing um definitely worth it then you have another character who's the videographer i think she's growing she's grown up in a household where it's kind of oh, like she like can't really reveal her sexual identity and she lives in a very conservative household. Because you see that with her having, before she walks out of home, how she presents herself to her family as a very conservative and how she dresses and how she talks and head down. And then as soon as she steps outside, it's kind of like her whole aesthetic changes. Clothing, hair, you know, the way she talks, you know, what she does is completely different. So I think we might be seeing somebody coming out in this series as well, which is cool. My second thing is, as someone who, like, I used to feel like, not feel like, I used to be a part of, like, a little skate community. I used to be, like, a skater, I guess, like, in mm-hmm. school. And so I feel like, for me, I feel like there was times, because I feel like, full disclosure, I feel like, bro, like, 70 different individual skaters on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I'm talking people mm-hmm. from, like, Zion, right, and Nigel Houston, the big guys, to my mm-hmm. boy, in Germany, 17, I forget his name, little black dudes. I follow like a wide spectrum of like pros and like amateurs. Mm-hmm. And I think the montages is what really kept me involved with the show. Mm-hmm. So, but I do feel like this show is definitely towards certain audiences. I don't really know if this show is geared towards like skaters. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like this show is more geared towards like the average crowd mm-hmm. and like maybe younger viewers. But mm-hmm. I think they're really playing on the whole like outsider thing. And not relying on like, yo, we're making this for like the skate community. And so mm-hmm. I feel like I haven't seen very many shows recently that have gotten buzz that aren't really like trying to rely because they're not really like pumping it through professional skaters. I don't see mm-hmm. professional skaters talking about the show that much. It's not mm-hmm. like a skateboarding show. It's not a skateboarding show. I can definitely say that. So I think it's that's also just, interesting. Yeah. A drama that focuses around the skate world. So a drama yeah. that has elements of the skate world. Yeah, um, I think it's just, I think it's cool. I think it just shows like the evolution of skateboarding to where now there's shows where like, it's true to skateboarding with real skateboarders, but it's not about just skateboarding. So I just, mm-hmm. you see how like skateboarding has just infiltrated to a higher level of like mm-hmm. pop culture, in my opinion, from where mm-hmm. it's been. But that's all I got. I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah. As a reminder, it's on HBO. The first two episodes have already came out, so definitely check those out. Uh, check the show out. The show is called Betty, y'all. But we're going to move along to our next category, and that is Keep It Short. And so for our last few minutes of this episode, we're going to speak on our most popular category. Honestly, probably one of my favorite categories. I love having deep discussions and all that, but I really like talking about shorts, you know, like short films, short music mm-hmm. videos, and we mentioned beforehand on our previous podcast episode that app Kip, uh, Quibi 
and how it was mainly an app that was for phones in regards to streaming um, series or short series that you can watch and you know while doing something on your way to something and we mentioned that we would talk more in depth about one of the shows and that show is most dangerous game um i'm gonna let you take the lead on it shaka because you're someone who really was just all the way follow through on the episodes (laughs) i didn't follow through like i wanted to but we talked about obviously a most dangerous game last time like the whole plot about the guy who needs money for his family because he's about to die it's like brain mm-hmm. cancer i believe so mm-hmm. yeah so, so he's a disease where he's gonna die like, in like four weeks mm-hmm. and they're like out of money as a family and him and his wife have a son on who the is way. pregnant mm-hmm. she's very pregnant uh <laughs> but not nah, so like he decides to sign up for this game where he'll be hunted for 24 hours and if he can survive he'll make like was it like five million? In the millions, y'all. Actually, I think it's like million. twenty million. But so like the money doubles every hour that he lives. And it's all about getting deposits to his account. And the mm-hmm. total amount, I think, it was actually like twenty million if he lives for twenty four hours in mm-hmm. the middle of Detroit without mm-hmm. leaving the city or out, without telling anybody. Mm-hmm. So there's like ten hunters and they're on the, the hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think for well, for the deeper dive, I think we should start off with the actual watchability of the mm-hmm. show. Because as we talked, I got a little further in the show than you did. I didn't finish either people. So mm-hmm. kill me. So we won't have we won't have ending or finale spoilers for you. So you don't have to worry about that. But what was your experience like getting to the point where he's actually playing the game? Because if you guys watch you'll see that there's like the first what, four episodes where it's like the setup before he actually plays. So I literally only made it to the setup. Like, I didn't even make it all the way to the game. And I'm disappointed that I couldn't, like, willpower myself to making it to that episode. But for me, it just felt like a very slow burn. Like, it was a slow, (laughs) endless burn. And I I understand it's only 15 episodes. And so, like, they're trying to build a story before jumping you right into what the main plot is. But I just feel like for something that's seven minutes and it's the idea of giving me a short series okay come on give me give me the story give me the story quick and i feel like i don't know what it is about quibi i feel like i'm watching the show or at least maybe not quibi as a platform but more so this show i'm watching the show in the sense of like it's a 30 minute episode this seven minute episode in my mind feels like a 30 minute it episode, does. and i'm like <laughs> and i can't even finish it like i can't finish it and for me like when i think of something that's a short series you should be able to move through stuff quickly for me like, you don't have to build up so much to me. Like, you spent four episodes, almost five, trying to build me up to the game. Why would you do that to me? You know all I want to see is the game. That's the main thing. And then you got ten different hunters. Bro, you could have dedicated ten episodes alone just to each hunter. Like, I, 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 I'm, I'm just a little frustrated because it was a show where I was really interested in it. And it stars uh, Liam Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth's brother, Thor's brother but it's just kind of like it's a slow burn for me and I like the idea of thrillers of that cat and mouse game and it's a chase and will our characters survive like I like stuff like that but with this one seven minutes feels like 45 minutes 30 minutes with this show like I can't so unfortunately (laughs) I didn't make it all the way to the game all right well i'll play devil's advocate because everything you said you're saying i definitely agree with but i can see the other side of wanting to spend a lot of time developing the backstory of these characters Mm -hmm. and so 
I, I do think it drags his feet, but I don't feel like it was an example of too much exposition or too much, like, explaining. It was just mm-hmm. moving kind of slow. But everything they said, I don't feel – it wasn't like they were just giving us useless information. Because mm-hmm. as the game is now playing, mm-hmm. they're able to – because, like, all right, in the beginning, it's a lot of, like, all right, what does my friend think about this situation? What does mm-hmm. my wife think about the situation? Now, mm-hmm. when the game actually starts, the pace is, like, tripled. And now when they cut back to, like, the wife who doesn't know that he's playing the game, we're able to rely more on, like, all right, I know, already know she's, like, mm-hmm. I already know her situation. So mm-hmm. you can give me, like, 30 seconds of her. I can, mm-hmm. I, got, I get the picture. Let's get back to him. It's easier to mm-hmm. do that now, not that we spend so much time with them in the beginning. So I do see mm-hmm. a positive for it. I don't know if it really makes it worth it. But mm-hmm. I will say for those of you that do get past or are willing to get past, like, the setup, if pace mm-hmm. picks up, exponentially so like the first time he actually starts the game he's like in a diner mm-hmm. and like the dude is like uh don't reveal now. too much no, no, no. Oh, no, uh-huh. he said it starts now and like from that point on with well, the next like episode and a half dude uh-huh. is like in constant motion like he's panicking like he's freaking out so like it's like real like <laughs> i can't trust anybody as it goes come on like, episode like nine out of 15 so you're close I'm, close. I'm in the middle of it. Now I'm like, he's playing the game. It's already like hour, like five. He's been playing like five hours. So like mm-hmm. those first three hours of the show, like three episodes, I would say in real time, like it's like panic mode, right? Mm-hmm. Eventually though, the pace does come down and we settle into like, all right, I made a first couple dumb decisions, trusting people I shouldn't trust. And now mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, I've been hurt. This has gotten kind of bloody. Like we're playing the game now. Now it's like, all right, Everything's no hose bar. Okay, it's like it's like a for my sports people. It's like an NBA player rookie rookie year first fifteen games. NBA is way too fast for him. But by the time mm-hmm. the second half of the season, he's like, all right, I'm comfortable now. Let's get to let's get to let's get to the bucket. Get some chicken. Hey, <laughs> put the ball in the hole. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, that's our thoughts on the most dangerous game on Quibi. Keep I'm definitely going, finishing that tomorrow. Uh, keep in mind, Quibi is you, you can sign up the first two weeks is free on the app. So you can watch almost everything low key in that first two weeks yeah. and be done if you wanted to. So it's definitely worth checking out the content. Um, we're going to move on to our other show that was on the Quibi, and that is You Ain't Got These. That is a docuseries that is hosted and narrated by the great, the honorable, the prestigious. Lean away. Yo, yo, yo. We have got to do an episode based on the article you sent me. Because they was coming at her head. I haven't seen any negative critiques on Lena Wake yet. You know, I knew it was going to come eventually. But I think she's leaving that honeymoon phase. So we're now, we're like, it's dope you're a black creator, but now we can really critique your work. So now I can see people coming out talking about the shy, more critical. Yeah. For those who are wondering, this was an article um, that somebody had wrote. I don't know if it's actually like backed by, I think it's more so like a blog post um, from Book and Film Globe. And it says, Queen and Slim Waves and the New Black Sportation, the problem with rooting for everyone Black. That sounds very familiar. If y'all don't know, we talked about (laughs) the idea of supporting everything Black when it comes to films and how that is a good and bad thing as filmmakers but um yeah so if you want to know about the article um there's there's a citation for it read it for yourself but 
this docuseries focuses more on shoes and more so sneaker culture. What is the fascination of sneaker culture? Where did it begin? And why is it thriving this long? Why is it so expensive? Um, what is your take on it? As somebody who's like, interest, someone who is like interested in sneaker culture from the perspective of being a sports fan, what is your take on the series? I think the show, I think it's actually pretty good. I, at first, I was kind of like, mm, seen it before, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. uh, it's a nightly or nicely wrapped package on the same thing. But as it went on, uh, I feel like we got a lot of good information. Um, mm-hmm. I just turned to my notes. So yeah, it's definitely one of those like snappy mm-hmm. edited shows where it's like informative. Mm-hmm. But I think that works with these shows because like you're able to see historical context of what she's talking about without losing mm-hmm. like the interview. So it's like interview and then bottom half is like a bunch of split screen stuff where you're seeing like, Mm-hmm. Run DMC, or you're seeing Michael Jordan, or whatever. So, mm-hmm. speaking of Run DMC, the first episode is like a general overview of the show. Second episode, they talk about Michael Jordan and Jordans. And so, as a, a sports fan, not not really a sneakers head, sneakerhead, but someone who knows a lot about shoes just from being around it, mm-hmm. I feel like that second episode might have lost viewers because it's like you're seeing like the whole Jordan stuff. And it's like good information, but with the whole Jordan doc in real life, the other one going on, and just it being a lot of like well-known information, I don't want people to like watch that second episode and be like, all right, whatever. I, I got this. Okay. Because the third episode picks back up with like amazingly like fresh information. I feel so bad because I am that person when they lost me. Oh. <laughs> They lost me. I'm sorry. Like, I think I made it only past, only made it to maybe, like, the beginning of third episode. But, like, honestly, I, I, much respect to Jordan. Jordan is the GOAT. Don't get me wrong. I would never disrespect Jordan being the GOAT. And it's unrefuted. Like, there's nobody can say anything about that. Like, this man is dope. He was getting fined, like they said, 5K a game Mm -hmm. for wearing his own shoes playing the game. Like, dope. But it's just like for me, I feel like I'm all like Jordan out right now. Yeah, like, I already know. <laughs> I, feel like I am too, actually. Are, I feel like people are making so much like documentaries, docuseries, you know, commercials and stuff like that in relation to Jordan. And it's like, I get we ain't got sports going on right now, but I can't take it no more. And so when I, I'm literally like, I just got done watching The Last Dance. You know, I've been catching up on that. Then you give me episode two and it's solely focused on Jordan. Don't get me wrong. Jordan's shoes are a big deal. But all I can think is like, man, this is what you spent episode two on? Like, I am so tired of this Jordan content. Like I said, he is the GOAT. Like, I see it, Thomas. <laughs> get it out of here. Right now, it's like an oversaturation of speaking on Jordan right now. Like, in regards to, like, in video work. So, videography, docuseries, shorts, documentaries, all of that. It's a lot of it right now, and I just want something different. If you're going to talk about Jordan, give me something that no other documentary or docuseries has done before. I'm sorry with this one. I was getting that. Like, I was getting that with episode two. It might have been my fault for not, you know, taking the due diligence of watching the episodes beyond just the Jordan episode. But for me, I'm like some other viewers, and it's crazy because I'm a filmmaker, but I'm like many other viewers were like, if you can't draw me in in the beginning, 
I'm sorry. Yeah, I've it's lost. human nature. <laughs> it's human nature. If you can't draw me in immediately, then I'm done. And th- until somebody tells me to check it back out. So, like, for instance, right now, I'm going to check out The Most Dangerous Game again tonight. And I'm yeah. going to check out, you know, Lena With You Ain't Got These. But I'm sorry. Like, both these shows is just, like. Wow. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I did. That's the crazy part. I suggested these because of why? the promotion in relation to the show the promotion for these have been dope and i already am a fan of lena with you told me there's a docuseries about sneaker culture we know sneaker culture is so closely related to black culture and it's narrated and hosted by lena wave shout out to uh james adolphus director too i'll give him his grade shout out to him it's just (laughs) like for me it's just i don't know like I'm, i'm wanting more and it's just like it was really hard for me to get past Go to episode three for <coughs> Lena Waits. You ain't got these, but don't get me wrong, it's dope. She's dope, and I just realized maybe I need to just do the due diligence on my own part to actually follow through and watching the series. One thing you. I do, <laughs> one thing I do want to notice I found interesting was that Lena Waits said, Um, she said, Me buying my first pair of Jordans and me being the first black woman to get an Emmy for a comedy <laughs> series, she said. One and the same. I was she like, <laughs> bro, I was like, is they are they really one and the same? Are they really it might really be one and the same for her, but all I can think is Nah, wow. she's in the moment. But I do think wow. oh, episode five, which I haven't gotten there yet. Well, no, episode mm-hmm. six, I think, is about mm-hmm. sneaker addiction. So I think mm-hmm. that, that has to get talked about in that episode. Cause that is really like a thing. But mm-hmm. I think for her, like she's from Chicago. Mm-hmm. And so, like, she grew up. She was born in '84, in the year right, right when, yep. So we yep. knew that Jordan was gonna have to get talked about. So she got it out yep. of the way. And the whole like her loving her sneakers, her first pair, as much as like hers, her Emmy. I think she even Crazy. said that when she, when she got married too was like, I think instead of when they got engaged, mm-hmm. I think instead of them like giving each other rings, they give each other sneakers or she got sneakers as her engagement ring. Like she is a sneaker fanatic. So Yes, all right. But uh I'll go ahead and preview the other episodes without going into too much detail. Just so give you guys a reason to continue. Um mm-hmm. the one right after Jordan uh focuses on the artists, like rappers, hip hop communities, uh connection mm-hmm. with sneakers. So mm-hmm. it just opposes like the athlete compared to like the artist and it shows just mm-hmm. how like run dmc and them paved the way for that and it goes all the way up until now with kanye and it just talks about the evolution of that process and just um how artists are like you know doing new things with the sneaker culture so mm-hmm. that's really dope to see uh that connection there's also like g-unit shoes the sean carters all that mm-hmm. um next next they have like the whole I think it's called like black designers or black renaissance or something like that but it just focuses on black shoe designers and just black fashion designers mm-hmm. in general so kirby yeah so that's the best part about that is that it highlights designers that i personally didn't know i knew like mm-hmm. i knew three of them but the other like two or two or three i didn't know so that's really cool Did you know kirby for one we already talked about him and yeah i knew about pierre moss i didn't really know about him too much mm-hmm. but okay now I feel like I know a lot about him based on like, cause he was in, um, what did we talk about? Oh, the Wale video. He directed yeah. that. We talked about mm-hmm. him there too. But no, nah, so it was Alayli May. I followed her on Instagram. It was cool to see like her whole thing. Cause she's like the first female to work for Jordan, designed the first female shoe. 
That's mm-hmm. dope. Uh, they have Virgil Abloh, of course. We all know mm-hmm. Virgil. Uh, and talk about his like 2019. Wait, what did you say? What did you say his last name was? In the Abloh or Abloh? Okay. Is it not? I don't. I don't, I don't know if that's correct, but just... it's A B L O H. That's how it's spelled. But uh, I don't know but... if that's correct. But I'm not gonna correct you. I mean, I just wanted to hear it because I thought I was like tripping. But okay. <laughs> Nah, but so I think it's dope because every person they show it shows how they broke a barrier. It's like mm-hmm. Virgil with his spring show, was it for like uh Gucci or whatever mm-hmm. it was for that? It showed Kirby, Jean Raymond, Pierre Moss, like that whole deal. And with him and uh Jerry Lorenzo, which is like the fear of God, it really got into like how the future of black ownership in the fashion space is with these black players who are creating their own uh brands. And doing collab deals and like the collab deals yeah. like a new hot thing in like the sneaker culture yeah. so it's yeah. kind of that and last person i want to show up because i got like images i downloaded from all these on the screen thing uh <laughs> with salahi was it salahi benberry i think he gave a lot of like dope interviews throughout the episodes mm-hmm. so i mm-hmm. think he was the most consistent consistently used person he gave some dope insight so yeah all of them mm-hmm. it's dope to see that definitely continue to watch the show Mm-hmm. Um, all right well there you guys have it that is our two shows in our keep it short category we want to thank everybody for coming today and staying tuned for episode four of the real podcast we appreciate you we thank you but before you go as a reminder if you do not follow us follow us at the real film pod on instagram facebook and twitter Subscribe to our YouTube channel, like our Facebook page, and check us out on Spotify if YouTube is just not a place for you. But we thank you. We appreciate you. If you want to see something highlighted or you want us to discuss something on this podcast, leave a comment, send us a message, shout us out. We appreciate you and we thank you. My name is Honesty Tajay. I'm Shaka Benbo. What's my last name? Cool. Shaka B94 on Twitter. Hit your boy up. Talk about sports. Films, music, whatever. I like to argue. I mean, so do I. I mean, honestly, Sajay on all the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, check me out. I mean, you got something you want to talk about. Let's go. I'm ready for a debate. Check me out. I mean, it's something I want to talk about. (laughs) Amen. I'm tired, but I was happy to have this podcast and discuss these wonderful categories with you all today. Thank you. Peace. See you.